poker's legendary champions, next generation stars, and tireless ambassadors of the game, sharing their wisdom and guiding your journey to high achievement on the green felt. This is Tactical Tuesday on Chasing Poker Greatness with your hosts, Brad Wilson and John Chai. Welcome, my friend, to another episode of the Chasing Poker Greatness podcast. As always, this is your host, the founder of ChasingPokerGreatness.com, Coach Brad Wilson. And today is Tuesday, which means it's Tactical Tuesday. I'm joined by my co-host, John. How are we doing, sir? Doing pretty good. Got some multi-way hands for today's episode of Tactical Tuesday. How are you doing? I'm doing quite well. Fun, fun multi-way action. I think uh, multi-way is... Yeah, one of the final frontiers of just poker in general and makes live poker, uh, you know, <laughs> pretty interesting when you, when you have like four to six wave flops in situations routinely. It's, uh, and it's not a thing that like solvers can really look at yet to the best of my, to the best of my knowledge. Um, so multi-way, always fun to break down some hands. Yeah, see if we can make some progress on. Yeah, let's progress into the final final here. frontier. I, yeah. I I doubt we will, but maybe <laughs> hey, like inch by inch, <laughs> inch by inch, right? You you eat an elephant one bite at a time. <laughs> All right. Who eats elephants, by the way? Where did that expression come from? Like, I don't know anybody that eats elephants. I'm sure there's got to be some. Got to happen somewhere though. Yeah, and like, but bite by bite. I mean, what I do they do? Eat everything. What do they do with the elephant in the meantime? Like, it, I don't, I don't understand the expression. All right, let's go. Um, so, UTG reg, yeah, yeah, UTG reg opens to twenty dollars. Uh, middle position calls makes sense, and the actions on you. You have the ace tray of clubs and the big blind, playing about um, hundred big blinds deep. Everybody's about a hundred big blinds deep, so you go yeah. ahead and complete the action. Any thoughts of squeezing here? Um, I think I'd be more likely to squeeze this type of hand if it if under the gun was a reg and he had just opened everybody else folded around to me and I was in the big blind as the only other player left to act. I think once the fish calls the under the gun open, though, um, there's probably a lot more value in just calling with the ace three of clubs and making sure that you get to play a pot with the fish in middle position. Um, I think that ends up outweighing you know, the value of having a three-bet bluff pre-flop. Okie dokie. So you called, and the flop is five, six, nine with the six of clubs. Uh, it's it's an, not, not a super appealing flop. <laughs> I'm assuming that it checks through, mm. and it does. So five, six, nine, one club. Let me guess, a club on the turn, the king, king of clubs. $65 in the pot. So now you have the nut fluster on the turn. I guess this is really the first major decision point. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll, I'll just talk briefly about what I think the regs check on 965 rainbow means versus two players. I think it means absolutely nothing. Um, I think the reg is very, very uh, you know, seeming he's 
a decent reg. Um, he's probably checking close to range on this board. Maybe he bets like only seven, eight or sets or something like that. Um, but I would expect him to check all his over pairs, um, all his one pair hands, basically. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think he's necessarily extremely capped. Like maybe he doesn't have like the top, top end of value on this board. But like if he showed up here with a set of kings or aces or something like that, I would be completely unsurprised. Yeah. Um, with that said, what, what action, what's your plan here? Um, so, so yeah, this is like the first decision point. I think the decision here is whether to just start bluffing right now myself bet the turn or, um, the other option I was considering was checking, hoping that the, uh, reg or the fish stabs an overcard that, you know, at least for the reg looks like a good card for the range, um, frequently. And then I can get a check raise in and just kind of go from there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think I'm a fan of check raising instead of just leading on the king. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think while the reg may be checking range, I think the, the rack who called could, you know, likely cap themselves. They, they probably don't have oh, straights. Yeah. They probably yeah, don't yeah, have yeah. sets. They're, they probably have like only one pair type hands, um, and just, no over pairs, just generally no top pairs on the flop. Like, so no ace, ace nine or nine, 10 or eight, nine, those tend to get bet. So yeah, I would imagine that the, uh, yeah, the fish just has a much weaker range than the reg. Right. Um, yeah, it looks like you checked and now the reg bets and the, uh, middle position player calls. So the board is King five, six, nine with the King six of clubs. John has ace tray of clubs. Um, the reg bets a third. I assume you're raising here. I can't imagine you not raising. I do check raise. Yeah. And sizing. Eh, they bet 20. They're 65. Probably something big. 170. Yeah. 180. I don't remember the size that I picked, but. 144. Okay, smaller. Yeah. All right. And the reg folds, which is quite nice. Kind of gives you a clear path to uh bombing river yeah um, i think it's really nice because of all the things you said about what it means when the fish checks the checks the flop like they're just so so capped here they never have two pair unless it's like king five or king six maybe um yeah and so yeah i'm i'm so so happy about getting to the river versus with just the fish yeah and i think honestly king five and king six probably just raise the mm -hmm. third on the turn uh, yeah 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 um, that's a good point too so I, I would think like the best hand they have is probably like king queen. Yeah. Okay. Um, and they decide to call and you hit a good card, the 10 of mm -hmm. clubs, which gives you the nuts. There's 374 in the pot. You've got 890. So SPRs, uh, almost three. Yeah. Two, 2.7 ish. Um, so now you have a pretty interesting decision here on the flush completer. You're going to check raise all in, going to rip, going to bet three quarters. What's a... I don't know what to do. <laughs> like, like we, we, like, I guess the good starting point is all the things we said about the uh, fish's range once he checks the flop and calls a turn. So yeah. he has a lot of like one pair King X type hands, probably has some flushes himself. Um, and I don't know, like six, seven, maybe like a hand like that. Yeah. That doesn't want that doesn't necessarily bet the flop, but you know, has some equity even versus the check raise. Yeah. Um, so what's the best way to max value 
from that range. The bluff catchers probably just call if I bet. Um, maybe depending on sizing, we can even get called by like that six seven range with with like a really small bet. Um, if we jam, nicest thing is we get called by the flushes, but maybe the flushes just raise over a um, a normal size bet anyways. And mm-hmm. then if we check, we get some value from bluffs that I don't really know exist. Maybe like yeah, I don't know. I mean, even the gutters, even the turn yeah. gutters now have a pair. It's hard for them to have too many bluffs. Um, yeah. I, I wouldn't. Yeah, I think like villain could have king ten. Maybe they have nine ten. They also have flushes. I, I think like the ninety percent size. I would just take that off the table, kind of straight away. Okay. Um, and just think about either small or all. Uh-huh. Um. And probably just lean towards all targeting two pair and flushes just to make sure that all the money goes in. Um, yeah, who knows? Maybe they maybe officials just call you know two point seven x on the river with king queen. Like yeah, they they might. I mean, who who knows? Um, so yeah, I I think better safe than sorry, and I would just stick all the money in and hope for the best. What I do? There you go. And you hoped. Ooh. Oh, granted, villain does call. How how quickly did they call? Really fast. Oh, so they got a flush. <laughs> <laughs> that is an incredible run out given, yeah. given our yeah. hands. The deuce four of clubs. They got the four high flush. So yeah, well done. Way to way to max value. Again, I think if you bet like 70 or 90, I, I don't think the four high flush raises. Mm-hmm. I see. Um so yeah, I think it's a well played hand and I guess coming up after the break what does the listener have to look forward to more multi-way uh this time i'm the one that gets jammed on nice stick around after the break in a world where a fish dog bets the flop and you don't know what to do one man coach brad wilson has a surefire plan to neutralize flop leads that dunk to shreds. Nuffle. Available now. Go to chasingpokergreatness.com slash nuffle. Rated R. All right. Welcome back from the break to this multi-way episode of Tactical Tuesday. So, John, you can set us up in the second hand. Okay, so this end goes even more multi-way than the first one. Um, MP opens, looks like a reg. A cutoff looks like a fish, calls. And the small blind, who um, is kind of the the main villain in this hand, I had him tagged as a fish at this point. He was playing 3120 over 75 hands. Um, And not that flatting the small blind here is like, egregious by any means once the fish flats the cutoff i think it's completely reasonable to have a flatting range in the small blind but you know this is like it's not really helping his case i guess no i mean i don't know it's just this it it seems very natural to have a flatting range here for the small blind so i wouldn't really read too much into it i think that um it's a spot 120 is a bigger deal yeah i mean maybe 75 hands like i know i've ran probably worse than that over 75 hands like just v pipping a ton especially yeah. when you're to the left of a fish like 
you just naturally, oh, yeah. your, your yeah, V-pip yeah, yeah. just is going to go up. Your PFR is going to go up. You're going to play more hands. You're going to get more involved. So I think, you know, I, I have no idea. Yeah. Okay. What the profile yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good, uh, um, a good explanation for why is that's might be a little fishy looking. Yeah, could be. Uh, so you decide to flat the 10, six of spades, uh, to recap MP opens, the cutoff flats, small blind flats, and John flats. So party of four taking a flop. There's $90 in the pot, and everybody's got around $1,000 behind. Um, flop is ace-7-4 with the ace-4 of spades. Small blind checks, John checks. This is pretty natural check. Not really worthy of discussion. And MP checks and cutoff checks. So... Party of four checks around, and John makes a flush on the turn. So a seven four turn is the nine of spades. So three spades, ninety in the pot, and now the action is on you. Yeah. Um, so this is, I mean, obviously we make a very strong hand. We make a flush on the turn, uh, but we're four ways, and I don't know like how. How strongly I should value a 10 I flush when we're four ways. Um it's wouldn't be shocking to see like especially someone like the reg have a better like have better flushes in their range. Again, like similar to the previous hand. Wouldn't be shocked to see the pre-flop opener in uh in middle position just checking range on the swap. Maybe they maybe they, you know, if they do have bluff stabs, maybe it's like the nut flush draw or something like that. So um yeah, I wasn't exactly sure like how to how to value a 10 I flush four ways, but I just figured it was a pretty good hand and decided to just bet big and hope people bluff catch. I mean, like we said, the, the reg is probably checking range, so they probably have plenty of ASX hands that are going to call a bet on the turn. Mm -hmm. um, so just went yeah, properly I polarized and bet pot. I don't know if this is good. I mean, like, uh, like one thing that I'm thinking about now, just looking at this is like, if I get raised, like how, how, you know, how do I feel? Probably pretty terrible. Like pretty miserable. Yeah. And I'm just sort of opening up doors for me to feel terrible yeah it's interesting on this flush completing turn like when you have equity you've got a lot and when you don't have equity you've got none mm. <laughs> um when they have a higher flush you're like drawing dead yeah. uh but whatever I, I think it's hard for villains to have like the king queen with the king of spades and just say well screw it like let's go and try to make them try to make somebody fold a flush I think in general, ah, they're probably man. just gonna gonna fold. Keep that, keep that, keep that thought in your back pocket. <laughs> <laughs> so you bet pot eighty six in that. What I assume is eighty six because the the rate gets taken out. Yeah, and everybody folds to the small blind. The villain in question, the river pairs the seven. Uh, they check, and now let's hear your thoughts. I didn't. Did not love this river. I mean, obviously, still our hand is still very, very good. Probably still like a comfortable value bet. Um, it's just that when the board pairs on the river, I think I'm going to have. Eh, I don't know. I mean, like I could pot the turn with like a set or something like that. I think. Um, so maybe I still do have some boats, but maybe not as many as a small blind when he check calls. Like the check, like small blind probably has. Could easily have like every set every two pair um except for aces i'm assuming 
Uh, and it's just kind of, you know, like we said in the, on the previous street about getting raised, if I did, you know, if I did get raised with a 10, I flush leading the turn, it'd be pretty gross. If I bet here, get check raised or check jammed on or something, you know, that feels pretty miserable too. Um, so I thought I had two options for sizing. One was like small bet win the minimum versus their bluff catchers, but maybe induce something from, uh, a bluff catcher that now you know, check jams gets induced or big bet and then maybe fold more comfortably versus the check jam thinking that like I don't induce as often and, you know, try to get more, try to get called, make more money versus their buff catchers. Yeah. I mean, I think the third door is not to bet at all. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, and, and I think that door shouldn't be looked past really at all. I think it should be highly considered here when the seven pairs I think they have boats. I think we have way fewer boats. Yeah. I think that like opening the door to disaster um, is quite a risk. And you've got the 10 high flush, like they can have eight, five of clubs, five, six of clubs. Spades. Uh, spades, I mean, yeah. yeah, whatever. Whatever, you know, the flush, <laughs> the, the flush cards. Um, seven, eight of spades, six, seven of spades, five, seven of spades, five, six of spades, uh, eight, five of spades, but that's really it. Um, I would be quite hesitant to bet the river here, to be honest. Okay. So I probably don't bet the river. The other thing that you have to keep in mind is that I thought this guy was not like, I thought he might be a fish or was very likely a fish. Yeah, but. That still gives them full houses. I mean, yeah, I just thought that like if I did bet the river and get raised, like I, especially if I bet big, like I just, you know, I wouldn't expect the fish to like turn stuff into bluffs. And so I would, you know, I thought like I could bet big and, and feel pretty good about folding versus this player type. Yeah. Well, let's see how it works out. You bet big 200 and the oh, villain jams. This is exactly what you deserve. Um, I'm very hesitant to open the action here when they've got a bunch of boats and we've got way fewer boats. Um, <sighs> and my assumption is that you're just going to fold. Yeah. <laughs> anything? No, that was, anything? I was like, oh, this guy's a fish. Like, I'm going to bet big if he raises. I'm just going to assume he has a better hand than mine and you wouldn't raise the big size to try to get me to fold the flush. But... Yeah. Well, you fold and the villain shows you the ace four of clubs. So Ooh, very board, appropriate. Yeah, the board uh, for a recap for the podcast listener, ace seven four. The turn was a nine and the river was a seven. So they have a blocker, uh, ace and four blocker. So, you know, they block boats like a seven. They block pocket fours. Um, and yeah, it, it is a very appropriate check raise. It's quite well done by them and good heads up awareness that yeah you just have flushes and the board paired and so they stuck it to you which oh, is exactly what you deserve definitely underestimated this guy in game yeah i, I think pretty it's br pretty brutal to see these hands afterwards when you're like oh yeah i'm pretty sure that fool is good <laughs> you look it up and you're like oh my god yeah did you like how 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 much did you consider checking back on the river versus a lot? Betting? It was like, I, I mean, like 
I don't know how much I consider checking back as much as I considered like small betting to induce. So like all the reasons I wouldn't you be said for small, checking. Why would you, what are you inducing against? Like these I mean, types of hints. It, I don't think you need to induce. It appears as if it didn't matter what you did. This money's going in with this type of hand. I mean, like five, six, six, eight, eight, ten. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Those types of hands. Like the, the non-paired hands would be the ones that you're like in, inducing against, I would imagine. Um, yeah. This, okay. Yeah, yeah, I guess I, like versus the small size, the bluff catcher is just getting such a good price though. Like, I also like find this. it so unlikely that they just call pot with like eight, ten, five, six, six, eight, like on the turn. What about just like ace jack? I mean, maybe, but ace jack has to call like two thirds on the river too. Like, which I find, yeah, unlikely. Um, but maybe ace jack calls or ace nine or something. But yeah, I just think like the risk of your equity getting denied, the risk yeah. of this pain would just be too high, and I would just check behind the river. You, you bet pot four ways. Like that's yeah, not right, that, that's right. not like yeah, that's not a bet where you're just like messing around um, with. And I think like that hand. just makes my full house combos on the river. It just reduces it so much more, right? Sure. Like, I'm probably yeah. not doing that with two pair on a flush completing turn. Like I'm probably yeah, not doing like, that with nine seven or ace four. Yeah, it's like the a higher category of hand is now available, and you're like, okay, well, I potted the turn, so I'm going to pot the river, and so you just don't have I that, that hand. Big on the river, let's, let's give me some credit. Whatever, but <laughs> you had 200. I mean, 200 into 262, so it's like it's big. Uh, um, yeah, well, you know, I guess greed isn't always good. Who knew yeah. that movies could get things wrong? <laughs> guess you learn. Oh, yeah. That's why I played this hand so poorly. I watched too many movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> too many movies. Well, I'm, uh, I guess that's all I have to say about these, these multi-way spots here on Tactical Tuesday. I, I know the listeners might be wondering, my, my energy levels feel quite low today. I've, we didn't even talk or uh, during the intro, but I've gone on like multiple walks. I've been to the gym for like an hour. I think I just need to go take a nap. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I guess we could have recorded this after your nap, but still, I think this episode was pretty good. Multi-way spots are always fun. I mean, kind of not knowing exactly what the answer is. Yeah. Every time is, is... just be grateful that I didn't have more energy to <laughs> land base you more about <laughs> betting the river. <laughs> yeah. But you would have also talked about how good the ace three hand was. That's true. Longer. That's true. <laughs> Like two seconds longer. We would have, <laughs> the lamb basting would have. <laughs> this was way worse than the ace three hand was good. <laughs> uh, you know, what can you do? Uh, one good, one bad. Just another standard episode of Tactical Tuesday. Yep, yep. And uh, yeah, I got nothing left to add. Y'all next week. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Chasing Poker Greatness. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com to get the newsletter. Join the Greatness Village community, book a coaching session, or dive into the latest data-driven poker courses. Follow the show on Twitter at CPG Podcast.